Hi everyone, and welcome to Truth Over News. Two new and explosive stashes of COVID origin documents were released last week. One involving Fauci's organization, the National Institutes of Health, and the other involving the State Department, which was run by Mike Pompeo at the time. Now, we have covered previous explosive document dumps on this show, but the new ones aren't just more of the same. The new documents aren't so much pieces of the puzzle as they are huge smoking guns all on their own. The NIH emails prove that there was collusion at the highest levels to cover up the origin of the pandemic. Meanwhile, over at the State Department, officials were complaining at the start of the pandemic that if their own warnings about the Wuhan lab had been heated, there wouldn't have been a pandemic at all. Yet no one said anything, and we had to wait for three years for these documents to be pried out of the hands of deep state bureaucrats. The new treasure chest of documents proves that deep state operatives at the State Department, as well as staff at the highest echelons of the National Institutes of Health, or NIH, including its director, knew that the pandemic started in the Wuhan lab and covered up this crucial information, which, if known, would have changed the course of the pandemic by totally refocusing the response. In a previous episode, we explained that if the public and lower-level public health officials had been aware that COVID had been pre-optimized for human transmission, thereby rendering the usual mitigation measures like contact tracing totally useless, well, then the entire pandemic response would have been different, and we wouldn't have seen the destruction of countless lives and livelihoods based on false premises. As it turns out, the fact that these premises were false was known, not only to the highest health officials at the NIH, but also to officials at the State Department. Let's start with the NIH. A new batch of NIH documents was obtained by independent journalist Jimmy Tobias last week. Now, most of these documents had been released under previous Freedom of Information lawsuits, but NIH censors covered up all the juicy bits. That's always the problem with these freedom of information suits. The people who make the decisions to conceal stuff are the same people who have an incentive to conceal stuff. We know from an earlier Freedom of Information lawsuit that the longtime director of the NIH, Francis Collins, who we already knew was instrumental in covering up the origin of COVID, was personally vetting FOIA documents. In other words, NIH censors allowed the target of FOIA requests to cover up evidence of his own misdeeds. Well, Collins may have succeeded in previous FOIA rounds, but due to the dogged determination of FOIA warriors like Tobias, we now know what was hidden under the redactions of a previously released Collins email, and also why it was hidden. While the previously released email from Collins was almost entirely redacted, the newly unredacted email proves that the situation surrounding EcoHealth, which is the shady outlet through whom Collins and Fauci were funding gain-of-function experiments at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, well, that was causing a far bigger headache for both men than they let on. Publicly, they pretended to know nothing about the Wuhan lab, but privately, they knew a lot. As the new email shows, Collins emailed his predecessor at the NIH, a man called Harold Varmus. 
That was in August of 2020. Collins admitted that this EcoHealth grant and its connection to Wuhan was presenting one of the most difficult and wrenching situations in his 11 years as NIH director. Tellingly, Collins added that this topic was not appropriate for email. So it turns out that the previous version of this email wasn't redacted because of some legitimate reasons, but because Collins didn't want a paper trail of his lies and deceptions about the Wuhan lab. It's always the same. They use these FOIA redactions excuses to cover up their own misdeeds. But it gets worse. Collins also told Varmus that Tony, meaning Anthony Fauci, and Collins himself would like the chance to speak with Varmus about their private insights into what was going on at the Wuhan lab and why it was the worst thing that Collins had ever encountered in his 11 years as director. So to be clear, this is incontrovertible proof of a conspiracy. We've of course talked about the cover-up many times before, but this is a real, tangible, documentary piece of evidence that Collins and Fauci were conspiring together to cover up the lab leak, which in this case meant that they needed to fill in Varmus, who had just started talking to the media about COVID's real origins. At the time, Varmus was a supporter of the natural origin narrative, but Collins and Fauci must have concluded that having the former director of the NIH out and about talking freely was not a risk they wanted to take, at least not without telling him what they knew and what could be said publicly. There's also the fact that Fauci wanted Varmus on the fake World Health Organization origin search team. His place ended up going to EcoHealth's Peter Daszak. Now, we don't know whether Varmus was upset that he didn't get on the WHO team or whether he even knew that Fauci had tried to get him on the team, but it does show us once more how close-knit these people are. Perhaps most telling of all, in his email to Varmus, Collins shared a link to one of the first scientific articles to systematically lay out the case for a lab origin of COVID. This is remarkable for various reasons. First, there's the fact that Collins shared it at all. Second, Collins said he was sharing the article not because he completely agreed with it. So the inference is that he agreed with at least parts of it. Recall that we're talking about a scientific article that was one of the first to show that COVID likely came out of a Wuhan lab. And then, of course, there's also the fact that at the same time that Collins was sharing scientific evidence for a lab leak with his predecessor, he was telling the public that the virus was totally natural and that anyone who said otherwise was a conspiracy theorist. Well, it turns out that the conspiracy theory was true all along and that Collins knew that it was true. Let us now turn to the second new document release. The way FOIA works is you have to apply for, or if that doesn't work, you have to sue different agencies and groups. It's not a one-stop shop. Groups like US Right to Know are active all over the place, for instance, in getting documents from the NIH, from universities, from the Department of Education, from the Pentagon, and so on. The latest explosive batch is from the State Department, and it is stunning, perhaps even more stunning than the Collins email we just saw. 
In one of the new emails, which are from March of 2020, an unnamed State Department official forwarded a bunch of warnings about the Wuhan Institute of Virology to another unnamed State Department official. These warnings had originally been sent by the State Department to the National Security Council in 2018, and they were extremely explosive, warning, among other things, that the Wuhan lab had a serious shortage of appropriately trained technicians and investigators needed to safely operate this high containment lab. The 2018 cables also warned that the Wuhan lab's director, Shi Zheng Li, whom we've covered on many previous shows, wanted to conduct her coronavirus experiments in much safer biosafety level 4 labs, but her request was allegedly denied by the National Health and Family Planning Commission, a state agency of the Chinese Communist Party. The cables also warned that Xi Jiangli was working with viruses that could infect humans. In sum, all the big red warning flags that were needed were there, but no one listened. In response to the March 10, 2020 email sharing the prescient warnings from 2018, an unnamed State Department official replied, The prescience in that cable is amazing, scary. Another unnamed official sent a simple three-word reply, Wow, just wow. Yet another reply from an unnamed State Department official stated, Geez, I shall call you Cassandra from now on. Cassandra is a reference to the character out of Greek mythology who kept making accurate prophecies, but no one believed them. For instance, she warned about Greek enemies hiding inside the Trojan horse, but she was not believed and so the enemies got into Troy. So here too, someone at the State Department was making prophecies but was not believed and the COVID disaster was unleashed on us all. But if all of that wasn't bad enough, here's the real bombshell. According to one of the emails in the new document batch, an official whose name is redacted emailed another unnamed official to say, too bad I couldn't get anyone to listen even with front channel cables and letters from the ambassador to the NSC, the National Security Council. The ambassador would have been Terry Branstad, the former governor of Iowa who President Trump appointed as ambassador to China. Transparency Group U.S. Right to Know uncovered evidence that, aside from the cables themselves, Brandstad had sent a letter about these warnings to Trump's Homeland Security Advisor, Tom Bossert. Now, we have not seen this letter, so we don't know what exactly it says, but the potential ramifications are tremendous. That's because Bossert was fired in April of 2018, shortly after these warnings came in, by none other than the then new National Security Advisor John Bolton. The reason that Bossert was fired had nothing to do with the warnings. It was because Bolton brought in his own people and fired the old crew. You can see where this is heading. The person who had these warnings was fired by John Bolton, and that in turn may have led to this crucial information getting lost. It's like the butterfly in the Amazon that flaps its wings, which ultimately leads to a giant deadly hurricane. And to be clear, that is not an exaggeration. Here's a headline from the weeks after Bossert was fired. Top White House official in charge of pandemic response exits abruptly. Not only was Bossert fired, but John Bolton got rid of the entire global health security and biodefense team at the National Security Council. Again, that headline is not from 2020, it is from 2018. 
What's perhaps just as remarkable though is that at the time that all this was discussed internally within the State Department in early March of 2020, the department was run by Mike Pompeo, a supposed Trump ally. To be fair, by then it was too late to stop the pandemic, but just imagine the difference it would have made to the pandemic response and to Trump's political fortunes if this crucial information about the pandemic's origin had been made public in March of 2020 instead of in May of 2023. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of Truth Over News. 